with the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trophy Chase, Arizona. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Cody Smith, Houston, Texas. The Fantasy Draft Room is now on the clock. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase, and with me as always, my man Cody. We got another startup mock in the books. Yes, we do. We got a 12-round mock this time. We extended it from the previous 10 rounds that we have done. This is going to be our last startup mock before the combines. We're going to get a lot of different data from the rookies once these guys all go out and test this next week by the time you all see this one. So it's going to be interesting to see where these rookies move, but also interesting to see where these vets go. Did some of the rookies start to push some of the vets out of their spots? Where are these vets trending with uh, throughout over their offseason hype? You know, Lamar Jackson's had a lot of time in the news. Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, all of the quarterbacks have really been a large topic of conversation here over the last couple of weeks. So it's interesting to see how these startup mocks always shake out. Yeah, man. Uh, and I think the the big thing is, is this is startup season. You know, we've we've had about uh, two and a half weeks since football ended. You know, it's been two months now, basically, since fantasy football ended. So people are getting that itch. And, and so let's see what these uh, these rounds look like. We'll get things kicked off with our first three rounds. And and man, this is this is what we're seeing right now. Like this is it. The, these quarterbacks, these first eight uh, mix and match, whatever order you want. You know, you and I talked about it beforehand. These tiers fit, you know, one through three, four through six, and then seven and eight. Like, you know, having T-Law and Fields in a tier, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, and then Hurts, Mahomes, and Allen. But this is what we're going to see. If you're not in the top eight, you're missing out. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty standard across the board. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're gonna go look at some ADP data, we can pull up our guy Koopa Troopa is out of the shit show discord just recently into the destination Debbie Discord as well. He's got Justin Jefferson up there at the 106, so he's probably the only one that's sneaking in. And I think that's very wrong for a community yeah. consensus. I don't understand how you can pass up on any of these eight quarterbacks. My only one would be Fields, just because I have long-term concerns with him, but he's still gonna produce like a top 10 quarterback as long as he's out there and rushing around in the league so i mean i i don't see any way it couldn't be these top eight whatever way you want to place them obviously they have their little mini tiers inside of it but i don't really care where i'm at as long as within this top eight yeah i'm with you 100 percent. the the last four picks are, are challenging i mean you can even say the last three you know make it to the 10 11 12 it, it's a very rough go at quarterback you know primarily because you're either chasing the the, the value you know, you're chasing the quarterback value or you have to kind of carve your own path and hope to be able to to get some of the next tier uh, later on. So we'll kind of see how how those last four spots unfold. Um, anything else you wanted to kind of point out here with these quarterbacks? There, There is one guy who I think we have to have the conversation on. And it's actually the guy that you passed on here in the first round, because in my mind, I actually don't think it's a top eight. I think it's a top nine. I'm not ready to ride off to Sean Watson from that top nine just yet. You were lucky enough in this startup to come back around and pick him up in the second round Crazy. here at the two, four for you. But do you think he should actually be, I know you were just trying to play the game a little bit here, just take a Justin Jefferson team, see how it shook out for you. But I think you have to be ecstatic to be able to get just Sean Watson here at the two, four. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I was just testing out the theory. If I happen to be in the back part of the draft and I pass on quarterback, um, 
see how things kind of unfold. Uh, I did not expect Watson to be available to me. I thought I was going to be choosing between Kyler and Dak Prescott there in the second and, and see what decision I wanted to make going forward. But uh, who knows? I may have taken a different position altogether and just completely passed. But yeah, he fell to me in the second round. I couldn't pass pass that opportunity up with uh, with him being a top nine quarterback for me. I definitely have him uh, in that first round for sure. Yeah, uh, I think you have to. And honestly, I was just looking at the ADP data again. He's actually one spot behind where you got him here. So the community wow. is further down on Deshaun than you know what we are. I, I'm still considering him in that top nine. But I mean, if I yeah. can be at the back, you know, like let's say I have a startup where I'm starting at that 108, and I can just circle back around, get you know whatever top eight quarterback is left, and then pick up Deshaun in the second round. I think that's a smash win for me. One of the best spots you can really be in outside of being in those top six picks that we love. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to kind of point out is, you know, you got Lamar here. You took Lamar in the first round. And, you know, we've seen a lot of conversations going on uh, in in the fantasy community that people are really concerned about Lamar Jackson and this upcoming fantasy season potentially hold out like are you concerned at all about Lamar Jackson would you have taken another one of these quarterbacks here over him no I don't think I'm taking another one over him I love what I saw from Trevor Lawrence going down the stretch of last year but it's nowhere near enough of a large sample size for me to put T-Law over Lamar at this point I've seen three four years of Lamar just be quarterback one levels consistently whenever he's healthy and obviously that's that's one of the concerns that people have is that he's you know he's not playing a full 17 uh, people have concerns and stuff that he's not playing down the stretch late in the seasons whenever they have their fantasy championships and i think that's just a little bit it's it's not going to be conducive of what conducive of what future outcomes are if you can project that somebody's going to be out week 17, week 18 of every season, then go right ahead. Like if you want to say that you can make that bet, I'm not yeah. going to make that bet. I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson is one of the best rushing quarterbacks still to this day in the league. And he's actually a very good throw over the football as well. Whatever, you know, critics want to say of him. He's actually a very good throw over the football. I personally don't believe he's going to wind up on the Ravens come this time at the beginning of the season. We've been saying this. We've been talking about this one since the day one of last season, and people are just finally starting to catch back onto it. People are scared of the, you know, they're, they're scared of the franchise tag. They're scared that he's going to hold out through the franchise tag. I just don't think that from a organizational standpoint from the Baltimore Ravens that they can handle just sitting on Lamar Jackson for that long. If he says that he's not going to play for this franchise anymore, you're not just going to have a dead asset sitting on your team who's going to be making $45 million and you're just you're not going to write it out for that. There are going to be teams that are going to come calling teams like the Panthers, teams like the Atlanta Falcons who are going to come calling for this asset if Lamar decides that he doesn't want to play for this team anymore. Somebody will pay up for him and whenever that happens, happens i think he's going to be firmly launched back into the point of quarterback four quarterback five quarterback six easily because he's going to have much better weapons wherever he does go than he has right now in baltimore they've just shown no desire to build around him and whatever team gives him that kind of contract that kind of money that kind of guaranteed money they're going to be fully invested into building the offense around lamar jackson that's just not the case that he has right now so i think it's only brighter days ahead for lamar jackson yeah i'm with you a thousand percent you know the the, the... The big thing that I keep looking at is people are worried about a holdout. Like that's really the only thing I can think of that you would have any, I mean, yeah, he has injury risk cause he runs, but I, they play football. Like they're going to get hit. Like it, it can happen on any play. So I don't like to have injury be a big part of this. Um, but yeah, like 
he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be on that team very long. It feels like the organization's moved on. He's moved on. They're just waiting to do the tag and trade opportunity. And when that comes up, the Ravens aren't going to force him to stick around. I wouldn't imagine it could happen, but it's, it seems like they have a plan and a path to, to move forward without Lamar. And I think it's going to be in the best interest long-term. So if you can buy low on Lamar right now, like that is absolutely where I'm at. I mean, I don't know what low is like. He's probably, I mean, it's a, it's a small discount right now. Do you think, I mean, have you seen any trades go through with Lamar? What was the one that went through in Heisman earlier? Um, I forget what the one for Lamar was in Heisman, but I mean, I can talk to my own where I down tiered from Burrow picked up yeah. a two Oh two and then picked up Lamar. And then I also sent away Trey Lance and Bryce young combined to go get Lamar Jackson as well, which is a high asking price to pay. But for me, I don't care. Those are two unproven quarterbacks, two yeah. unproven assets, and one may not even have a chance at a starting job ever again. I mean, obviously, I still think Trey Lance is going to start in the league, but there's a there's a situation where that never happens for it, for him, never comes to realization. There's a lot of questions around that. It could get a lot worse for Trey Lance futures coming down the road, and who knows what happens to Bryce Young with his size concerns going into the draft as well. Figured I'd just rather have the more in-place asset in Lamar Jackson, and so – but if you want to call that buying low, I've seen a lot lower than that go down. I mean, I've seen people just send up straight like 102s and like a small piece, small piece to just get up to Lamar. Uh, people are going into rookie hype season and people want these rookies. They like the upside of them. And I would much rather have what Lamar Jackson has shown me over the entirety of his first contract with the Ravens than I would anybody else coming into the league fresh. And you said you're 102 and uh, and Trey Lance felt like an overpay. I mean, think about it. Like looking at this draft here, you traded a third round pick, third round startup pick and a guy that's not even on the board here. So, you know, fourth, fifth round. And we talk about, you know, you hear Scott Connor talking about in his roster construction series and his, and his uh, dynasty startup strategy series that he's doing it, that you trade the second, third and fourth round startup picks to move back up into the top eight. Like that would be the goal. That's what we're trying to do. If you if you can get up there, you trade your two, three, four. Obviously, you want to make sure you get yourself a ninth, a tenth, or a tenth, eleventh, something in that range back as well to make it a three for three. But you traded a third and fifth for the one oh six. Feels yep. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, feels pretty good. I mean, this this draft does feel a little bit lower than consensus yeah. on where these rookie quarterbacks are going specifically. Uh, I've seen a lot of times where they're in the middle of the second round. I've seen some of them over Dak Prescott sometimes, which I was even glad to get back here at the 2-7. I mean, you, you're going to tell me I can start up a startup with uh, Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. I will, I will take that every single day of the week. Be perfectly happy with that. So I, I would have these quarterbacks about where they're going in this one. That's probably where I would start to place them, but... You're, you're going to see them higher, but I agree with you that, you know, you're, you're talking about my end of the price being, you know, almost concerned of being too high. But, yeah, it's, you know, if I can trade my second and third in a startup draft and go back up into that range, hell yeah, I'm doing it every single time to get one of those locked in super flex quarterbacks. Now, before we move forward here, I want to look at a couple last things. We had five running backs come off in the first three rounds, basically five and two. And then that third round didn't have a single running back. We had 14 wide receivers come off the board in the first three rounds, which has been pretty standard. There seems to be a, a tier gap that we're all kind of onto. So they are going quick. <laughs> um, and then we have four tight ends. So we had Kelsey Andrews Pitts, and then Hawkinson in the same round as Kyle Pitts here in the third felt a little bit early, you know, for, for TJ Hawkinson. And we kind of talked a little bit about this, 
how close is TJ Hawkinson to this top three? I think he's, I think he's, he, he has a reason to be up here. And you know, as we're, as we're seeing this, do want to specify that I think, I believe we specified these guys, we were doing a 1.75 tight end premium for this. So Very that true. is going to vault a lot of the tight end value up the board. Make sure that you have your guy. I mean, Barry here got two back to back and Andrews and Pitts, and he can put those into a tight end slot and a super or and, and a, and a flex spot every single week. So that's definitely going to be an advantage for his team. If Pitts does come around and starts to develop like we, or starts to produce like we all think he can. And I think that that's just the question, right? You know, we, we saw down years, both from Andrews and from Pitts last year, whether that was due to injury or due to quarterback play, both of those guys had pretty down years. And we saw TJ Hawkinson smashing at the back of the year. Once he did get traded to Minnesota, I forget what it was exactly, but we were prorating out his targets whenever he did go there. And he was like a 150 target guy and like a 90 reception guy after after he made the transition from Detroit to Minnesota. And if that's the case, I mean, he fully deserves to be tight end four and pretty close. I mean, you could you could legitimately start to have arguments of having him over pits if that's going to be the case, because you just have unrealized talent in pits right now. And in the offense that doesn't have any desire really to change to be more pass heavy even if they do get another quarterback in there i don't think the scheme of the quarterback position is going to change all that much to allow for more passing attempts meanwhile you have over in minnesota kirk cousins throwing the ball 650 times or something last year just by a pure volume basis i think there is an argument to have tj hawkinson at or even close to above kyle pitts right now so if i can do that down tier i think there's a world in which i could do that yeah, the the one thing I, I looked at here, I just want to look at Koopa's ADP because regardless of the, the the premium, I wanted to see how close they're actually going in ADP. Kelsey and Pitts are both in the third, six p- picks apart. Two picks later, you have Andrews, and then eight picks later, you have TJ Hawkinson. So you have Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson in the same round in most startups. So uh, that's your three four basically is what it's looking at. It's very similar here. You know, it's it's close. So he's a lot closer to this group. Um, than that he is to the Kittles and to the to the Goddards, right? So I, I do feel like there is that potential. He only had a 19% target share last year, and he was still able to to put together the season he did both, you know, combined in Detroit and in in Minnesota. You know, I don't want to extrapolate his stats necessarily from the end of the season that he had at Minnesota, but at the same time, like we we did the math, like he's looking at a minimum of 120 targets. Like if he just kept the same target share. And he, you know, the 19% target share, I think they had 640 passes. He's going to have the same amount of targets. And so it's like, all right, well, if 120 is the floor and he's going to have 80 catches, it's like in tight end premiums, that's, and that's a minimum. Like that seems like it's a bare minimum of what they're going to use him as. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested. I think everyone's been kind of waiting for a TJ Hawkinson breakout in Detroit. We never quite got it. We saw flashes of it. Uh, but I think we're really going to see, you know, what TJ Hawkinson, the prospect can, and if he has developed into a top three tight end. Yeah, I, th- I think the I think it's there. And I just had to remind myself, and I think it's a good reminder for all of us. I mean, we we've kind of grown we've grown stale to the TJ Hawkinson name. You know, there, there's a lot of hype that comes in with these guys. Whenever their first round draft picks, their, their top tight ends coming into the league. We want to see them hit and smash right away. And it's a little yeah. bit of what scares me about throwing him into the same range as Pitts because Pitts has only been in for two years and an injury riddled season in year two as well. So he, he definitely has a lot more room to grow as well, but I'm just more concerned about the offense that he's in right now. But TJ Hawkinson is only 25. Like that is a super young age for a tight end to be producing the level that he did last year at the end of the season. 
And if he can keep doing that for the next six years, even like just just the level that he did last year, that's well worth the tight end four price. Yep, I'm with you. So as we, we finish up this round here, not really much to talk about in terms of the running backs. I don't think maybe you could add Saquon to this this mix in a way, but I feel like this top five running back, uh, you know, with Taylor, Bijan, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and CMC, mix and match however you want. They're, they're all very good players. Um, the, the one thing with wide receiver, we've noticed uh, a little bit of an early pick here, but JSN being cracked in as the top 12 dynasty pick, I, it felt early for me, but uh, people love him. I mean, he put up 1,600 yards, what, his his sophomore season there. So I, it felt early for me, but uh, yeah, where are you at on JSN? Do you think he should, deserves to be in the top 12? Uh, I truthfully don't. Uh, there's, there's a lot of these guys, you know, Olave, put up the numbers last year to support the hype that came out around him. And honestly, there wasn't much hype. He way up produced what hype was going into him as a rookie wide receiver. I'd still take the production known of Adams, even though he's going into his 30, 31 year, year age old season Metcalf. I'd still probably have up there as well. And I'm sure there's a couple of guys that we're going to reveal on the board here as well that I'd rather have over JSN. It's just a matter of, there's there's a lot of hype and hope around JSN. And honestly, even just in draft circles this year, there's a lot of questions about JSN. There's a lot of questions about his athleticism. There's a lot of questions just about the injury concerns coming out from last year as well. Do those transfer over? Where is he going to go in the draft? I mean, we've seen drafts with him falling into the second round, back of the second round. Uh, I think I saw one draft, mock draft with him in the third round. So uh, there there's a lot of concerns, at least just from a general NFL perspective, that we can't directly translate to him just coming in and being an alpha top 12 wide receiver i don't think does the upside there exist i think obviously it has to because he outproduced both you know the the other guys that we see in this round of garrett wilson and chris olave at the same school at the same year so the the upside is definitely there but there, there's just the questions of is that the scheme is that the fact that there's those three star-studded wide receivers at the same school for why he was producing that much would have loved to have seen what he could have done with cj stroud this year probably would have torn it up again and probably would have put a lot of those fears to question but even if he did i still think it's a little bit high for me to have jsn up here in the middle of the third yep okay perfect we're on the same page there i'm gonna pull up the next four round or three rounds here so rounds four through six um this is where we get the quarterbacks coming off. This is round two of the quarterbacks. You had the the first grouping, basically the top 10, top 12 going off in the first couple rounds. Um, and, and then we have Bryce Young it, to kind of finish off. After the turn, you have Daniel Jones, CJ Stroud, Trey Lance, and then A. Rich later on. <sighs> who, who would you rather have? Forget where they were drafted. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Bryce Young? You I'll take Daniel Jones over any of the rookies right now. Daniel Jones or Tua? I'll take Daniel Jones just because of the injury concerns to Tua. I mean, I, I'm just crawling up the board here. I, I don't know if you'd say Dak. No Daniel fucking Jones? chance. No okay. fucking All chance. Right. <laughs> we're, we're done there. That's the hard cut <laughs> off. But that's the thing is like, you know, you're he doesn't belong in there. And, and it's interesting thinking about trades. Like if you have one of these guys that you know 102 103 104 and you can trade it for daniel jones like i'd feel pretty comfortable doing it yeah there's some upside potential with with a couple of these guys where we're looking at the the ceiling play right the you know he can be a top six guy so yeah you're playing around with that but daniel jones is going to be a back-end qb1 for you so uh getting him here in the fourth in between those rookies and you know right 
right there with Trey Lance, it felt pretty good uh, for for Barqua to uh, to grab him. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be whether he's actually paid it by the Giants or not. He's going to be probably a close to forty million dollar quarterback who's going to probably yeah. sign three to four year deal. So. Whether you think he deserves it or not is pretty much out of the question at this point. And then you have to look at, I mean, what what was his production that he put up last year? He was the QB9 on the season. So you're going to give the QB9 on the season last year a $40 million contract to be locked in for the next four years. I mean, that is better than any. I, I will take that over any potential hype of any rookie that's coming in. Any any question day one, I'm, I'm going to take that known production. Obviously, he's had his struggles over the first couple of years, but there were reason for his struggles. I mean, he didn't have the weapons around him. He had terrible offensive coordinators. He had terrible offensive, terrible weapons, everything. And he did this with terrible weapons this year. So just imagine what like if he does end up staying in in the Giants organization, which I do think ultimately happens, even if they have to let Saquon go to do it. I think he does stay there because they're not just going to try to go out and find another quarterback for the next 10 years because quarterbacks are hard to come by in the NFL. So pay the one you do have, even if you don't think he's fully worth that money. So I think they're going to keep Daniel Jones, and I'm I'm excited for what the future is in this offense when they do surround him with some weapons. So, yeah, I'd have Daniel Jones. If, truthfully, if, if I wasn't – if I hadn't taken Dak Prescott here in the second, he would have been my pick in the third at the 3-6. <laughs> and I kind of figured that would be the case as well. I mean, that's – he he's definitely the the – next quarterback up for me after you get past Dak. I, I feel like he's he's right there, and, and, and I would. I, I think I would be comfortable taking him in the third if I had to. Like, if it was if a situation where I'm looking to, I mean, like, over Higgins, I think I'd probably be willing to do that. So, yeah, interesting uh, interesting quarterback here. We'll see how, he, how much things change when we do find out his contract situation, whether he's signed long-term or not, but it, it feels good right now. Uh, having him in New York for another year minimum. So just just real quick, his coupe ADP is the five oh eight. So go out and trade for some Daniel wow. Jones in your leagues. Wow. Yeah. So People you don't have to give up the one oh two. Like that's that's, that's the thing, thing. right? <laughs> you don't have to do that. Yeah, you can give up like the one six and still get him. That's not even in quarterback range. <laughs> crazy, crazy. All right, so we have uh, so the, the next tier of running backs as well with Barkley, Etienne, Eckler, Jacobs, Javante, uh, Najee, Gibbs, and Swift. And then we have Chubb wrapping it out here at the end of the sixth. Where are you at with the, this range of running back? Like when you, if you had to be in the startup picking these guys, obviously you took Barkley, right? You got Diggs and Barkley here. And then you finished up with Goddard and Addison to wrap up these six rounds. Do you care? Like, did you care at that point when you were looking at the running backs where you're just like, if Barkley wasn't there, would you have taken any of them? The, the, the difference with Barkley was that I would put Barkley up into the same range as all of these guys that went in round two. I think Barkley is the same guy as Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. If you're not going to age adjust, I think he's the same type of talent as all of those guys, even even Jonathan Taylor as well, who went in the first. So him falling here to the four seven, I didn't think was anywhere. I, I couldn't pass up on that. I do think there's a tear break for me. Once I get to ETN, Eckler, Jacobs, Javante, Najee, all of those guys are a good, good step further down. I really don't like taking running back early here, but if you're going to let Barkley fall to me in the fourth, just a guy that I couldn't pass on because I thought that was the hard tier of running back split. 
And then from there, I can come back around and get other stuff with an anchor running back in Saquon, at least for the next couple of years, wherever he does wind up. If he goes back to the Giants or if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be the three down workhorse back for whoever pays him. Yeah, he's one of those physical specimens that like when you see him, you know, as you, he looks like his body can hold up playing the running back position till he's 30. And like he, he seems like he's got an, a good three years left minimum no matter where he plays. So I'm with you as well. I, he, that he belongs in that top six. And then after that, it's a, a hard tier break. And then you're looking at the youth, the aging Eckler, you know, that's, that's kind of where you're at. And I'm, I'm okay missing out on those guys. There, there's going to be other guys that are going to put up similar points in round seven through 12 that we'll look at that. I'm, I'd much rather take the shot on at that point. So uh, anything else stand out to you with this? That that is the point where I do see the running back tier just kind of change. But I'm, I'll be honest. I mean, after that is where I see the wide receiver ch- tier change too. Yes, because London and London and Smitty are the guys that like they're they're kind of like the last stands for me. And then you're asking if I want Jacobs, Eckler, ETN, or Pittman, Watson, and DJ Moore, and that's actually a very hard choice for me. Um, which, which was why I was very happy to have Saquon follow me here because I didn't have to make that choice. But those guys all kind of feel like they're the next step down at their position. If you want the positional advantage, kind of how we're seeing it, you know, shape out across the dynasty landscape right now of wide receiver. I think I'd probably be taking DJ Moore out of all of these guys. But you start getting into that range of these are just the wide receiver 16 to 24 guys who are just going to interchange and never go up, never go down. They're just kind of stuck in that range and can't ever leave it. And so if you do want to pick running back there and a guy like Jacobs, a guy like Eckler, if you want to go in for it this year, I honestly can't blame you. Yeah, I I agree. It's nice to have the anchor running back or like that feeling of an anchor running back with, with any of these guys in this range. Um, And it's like your last chance to get one of those kind of feel good guys. Um, but but then I start looking at the the wide receiver, and I'm with you. This is that that tier of just wide receiver two, where Pittman, you know, even going down to Godwin, Judy, Debo, and then it starts to get to the the hope, right? And so so there is that part of me where I like look at that tier. Like it seems like it's a quick tier down at wide receiver as well, where you start getting into some hope. We'll we'll pull up the next round here in a few minutes and just a few minutes to see how the rest of wide receiver pans out, but like. Pittman has that hope of upside still. I think Christian Watson, I think we could still have hope for him to have, you know, monster wide receiver one week. Did it last year. We'll see if he's able to consistently do that. Three touchdowns typically don't happen, but hey, he's done it so he can do it again. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I think when you get to that kind of grouping, um, I I still have confidence in some of those guys until I get to Addison. I like Addison as a player. I like Jamo. I like Traylon, but I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of questions around those guys. If they can even be in that wide receiver two tier. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these guys fall out and I think this is probably where you start trying to place in these rookies kind of like we see, you know, this this is where I ended up just taking Addison because it felt like even if I do take Addison until the draft tells me otherwise, I can probably just trade Addison for any of the wide receivers in this range. Um, It's, it's just that flat tier. It's the flat tier of guys who, you know, are going to produce probably don't have that elite upside. And then, like you said, be, below this, there's just a bunch of guys who you have hope for, you know, your Kadarius Tony types, your Rashad Bateman types, who they've got the pedigree, they've got 
you know, the tools and traits to launch up into this ranks, but we haven't seen it happen for a good couple of years now. So it's, it's why they're lower and why, why I pivoted to just going with the rookie who I can probably swing to whatever position player I want in that range. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'm going to pull up the next three rounds here yep. as we kind of go through, because at the end, I do want to look at how uh, Scott Connor, you know, has kind of talked about the, the, his dynasty's startup strategy with trading up and getting quarterbacks. And we'll look at some of these, these breaks and, and, and player values uh, and in players at the end. But um, you start to see McLaurin, Hollywood, Pickens, Ayuk, D-Hop, Ridley. I guess there are still some good names there in that round. And then I think it's after that that it, yeah, it kind of takes that complete fall off. But uh, just looking at some of those, we have the next chunk of running back where you're still getting Derrick Henry. You're getting the rookies in here with – with uh, we had Gibbs go earlier, but Charbonnet. Um, just, just some of those kind of you know, A-chain, Algier – of last year there's still a lot of value here at the running back position even into round 10 like yeah I, the, the value is there the the issue for me is any of these running backs truthfully outside of those you know where I, where i pick saquon here outside of any anything past that the running back roulette wheel is just so so dangerous to me right now like I, I don't even care if it's a running back heavy league. I want to divest out of all of these running backs right now because I will buy back into the ones that actually survive through this just absolute meat grinder that we're going to have of both the NFL draft and free agency because these guys can go anywhere. And there's like 30 good running backs where you only have probably about – eight slots that actually really make sense for one of these running backs to go. And all of the rest of them are just going to eat into each other for fantasy and production. I, I feel for the 2023 season. So I am horrified by running back right now. I don't even feel good about taking Pierce and a chain here. Really. I would still rather just almost pivot to somewhere else because Pierce can get replaced in the draft. A chain can just fall to the fourth at this point. Uh, all of these guys, anybody past round three, even, uh, past round three, past round four, any of them can just have like 30% of their workload taken away at the snap of an instant. It's kind of crazy to think about. Like it really is. It's kind of crazy to think about. We have, you know, even names like Javante and Swift and Ramondre, there's going to be somebody that comes in and takes, takes Harris's place in that backfield, whether, you know, we don't know what kind of uh, workload they're going to get, but someone's going to be there. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what names. We have no clue where these rookies are going to land. Is it going to be a good situation? I mean, you took Pierce and A-Chain here. We've actually seen, I think the most recent one we looked at, we saw A-Chain get drafted by the Texans. And, and so yeah. they would they would have a two, you know, two back, you know, set. So it, it's it's scary. Like it is a scary, scary place right now. And you're right. The outside of the top seven guys, eight guys, I mean, some guys, you know, Ch uh, Chubb's secure. They're going to bring someone in, but his job's secure. Uh, but Pollard, he still has the foot injury. Hopefully he's going back to Dallas. Who knows if they bring in anybody else? Sounds like it's just going to be Zeke. But yeah, lots of question marks here at the running back position. What are you doing with running back? You said you're going to sell them off. Like, but realistically, you're not going to be able to sell in this market. Unless it's a big a name. I mean, uh, what, what I'm trying to do is probably just down tier in the market. Um, if I've got old guys, I'll try to, you know, if you've got the uh, Nick Chubbs, Ramondre, Derrick Henrys, 
I mean, the issue is that all these old guys are getting devalued too because of what the market is. So you can't even take a Joe Mixon and down tier it into Tyler Algier in a second because Joe Mixon is now valued at a second himself. Um, there, there's two ways I think you can play it, and the one is to try to take the shot, hope you hope your throw at the dart throw dartboard sticks, and just buy up these severely undervalued aging running backs right now. That's one way, and then just see if they survive the draft. But that's just an extremely risky proposition right now. And the other way you can do it is just try to sell off for whatever you can, and then buy in where you think there's not being appropriate value once we get post the draft. I lean more the second way right now where I'm just trying to sell off for scraps and then buy back in because if the running back position is still going to be this deflated, I don't have to pay up that much to get back into the same type of tier of guys. In my opinion, that's what I'm hopefully projecting for, for these guys. I don't think people are actually devaluing the running back position because of the landscape right now. I think there's a lot of devaluing just because of what we've seen from the position, just the, just the volatility of the position compared to the wide receiver position. And so I think once the dust settles, I don't think the values will change that much. And I can still buy back in for, you know, 120 of what I sold off for and to de-risk myself from that exposure on just having my running backs possibly go to zero instead. I think I'd rather just do that right now and just buy back in later. Yeah. I want two shots. If you can, if I can trade, and get two shots at a, at a running back or two pieces that I can, you know, whether that's a second and a third type situation or, or a player in a third, something along those lines where I'm able to take another shot when we do have clarity on some of these guys, uh, where draft capital lies, those types of things. Uh, Obviously we're drafting like Charbonnet and Gibbs, not knowing landing spots yet, but uh, I, as soon as I finish that startup, that's what I'm looking to do. I'd be looking to get two pieces out of that. So I have two opportunities at the pie. Yeah, and you know, also we're we're doing this one just like we have the last couple where we're putting names to the picks. Yes, and so that that's another <laughs> scary proposition of it. You know, I was kind of mentioning it with a chain. There's some NFL circles that think he's going to be a round two pick. There's some NFL circles that think he's not going to get past the size barrier and say that he's a round four pick. The evaluation of the difference between those two and where he actually goes in startups post NFL draft is incredibly different. I mean, that, that's the difference between probably going between like round eight and going at round like 14. And so, I mean, I might be getting a value here at the nine, six, but it's an it, it's an extreme risk to take any of these rookies. I mean, what was the the last one that we did on our, uh, our, our rookie draft where we did back and forth? Jordan Addison went to the Steelers. There's no way I'm taking Jordan Addison on the Steelers at the six, seven. So p- putting any of these rookies right now, pre NFL draft to a startup draft is it's extremely volatile and it's probably, you know, we're probably going to see some of these names rise up. You know, the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud look like they're probably pretty low here compared to consensus community value, but I think they're actually pretty appropriately adjusted to here because right now we're saying that all four of these quarterbacks are locked in as like top 15, but that might just be a part of the cycle. We were doing this last year, even though I think all of these prospects are much, much better than we had last year. Like we've got SEC guys and an Ohio state guy. It's much different than a guy from Liberty and the ACC, but there's a chance that some of these guys fall due to whatever happens throughout the rest of this process. So it's, it's a lot of risk putting yourself into a bunch of these rookies here early. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned just the, the draft needs to play out free agency. We have so many free agent running backs. Like there's going to be so many guys that had starting roles that are just going to be looking for a job next year. 
Um, guys are going to get buried on depth charts. Like it's it's going to be such a crazy off season. Like I cannot wait for it to get started. And we get to see the combine this week. So you know, talking about a chain running the forty, people are going to get hyped for for a chain. Get to see what Gibbs can do. Uh, Charbonnet. Like there's a lot a lot on the line for some of these running backs in terms of what draft capital they will get. Uh, so exciting week ahead for sure. Um, anyone else you want to touch on in, in particular here? We got the running backs kind of nailed down. We had the, the last tier of wide res- or, uh, of quarterbacks with, you know, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G kind of uh, Jordan love guys that are starters or should start theoretically with Jordan love um, and, and with Garoppolo jobless, but yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the only other thing I think you got to really touch on here. You know, you're looking at the tight end values. They're going off what I think is in, pretty you know relative range for the premium that we would be playing in here at a 1.75 i could actually see them being a little bit higher due to that scarcity at the position but yeah. you know once once you get past those top three top four top six like goddard uh, is even questionable for me being there i know we've had our discussions about him as well that he might yeah. deserve to be a little bit lower and kind of in this back end range with all these other guys it feels like a position where you're just reaching because you need to reach because of the premium but i, I think that's probably a little bit appropriate for a lot of these guys to just say, Hey, I'll let them fall and I'll just take whatever guy falls me here in the eighth, ninth, 10th round. If I don't have the tight end yet, I won't worry about it because it's not that much of a difference maker at this time, even though it is a heavy premium. So I think that's fine. The quarterback position though, there's a couple of names up here. Like I couldn't have Stafford personally. Uh, Stafford's the one that stands out to me. I have, I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to play this year. So the fact that he's even playing this year and if I'm putting uh, I'm not putting any stock to him playing past this year. So having him as my first quarterback <laughs> feels horrifying. Um, I think he went for the know, cup we, stack is my guess with with that one. I definitely think that was it. Yeah. It's not on the turn, but um, yeah. ha- having the cup stack, I, c- I can definitely see that. And I mean, I, I do think that they're definitely you know bound for a rebound in LA. I mean, it can't be any worse than what it was that they were rolling out last season, in my opinion. So could be a nice sneaky bounce back value, but I still would have very high concerns about him being my quarterback. One doesn't feel good. No. Um, <laughs> the Jordan love Aaron Rodgers saga. We'll see how that one plays out. Hopefully we have some answers throughout this week. I don't know if I can really deal with another week of is Rodgers returning to the Packers? Right. Is he playing or not? Is he going to the Raiders or the Jets? Because he's not going to the Raiders because they're not an Aaron Rodgers away. But I, I don't know what I don't if the know Raiders what's think they with are, them. Then, then great. Yeah, I mean, the Saints also think that they were an Andy Dalton away from making the playoffs. So who the fuck do I know? Hey, but they might have been right. They weren't because they <laughs> lost. But um yeah, all of these, all of these guys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces around, and that's why they're, that's why they're in this range. That's the landscape of the quarterback position. You've got your guys, and you've got your rookies, and then you just start to see the trickle down of the less and less certainty throughout all of these guys down the board. Yeah, man, I'm gonna pull up the last uh, three rounds here just so we can kind of finish this off and look at the board as a whole. You know, in in these rounds, we we haven't done you know rounds 11 and 12 in the past, but there's just value sitting there, and so we just wanted to make sure we had that in there. You see Kamara going in the tenth, uh, Tucker and and then Rashad White. You have James Cook, AJ Dillon going down here, like Khalil Herbert. We still have all these names. Miles Sanders going in the twelfth. Like these are names that again, Miles Sanders was a top eight running back this year or at least in rushing yards here he is 12th 12th round 
jobless, right? Uncertainty, total uncertainty. He could be a starter. He, you could end up getting seventh, eighth round value out of him um, here in the 12th, but it's just, it's kind of crazy to see. Uh, and then you do see the rest of those tight ends. Like, like you talked about, we, this is about that range when in 1.75 you have in and Ingram's coming off the board. And the next thing, you know, you're going to have the Dolchiches, all of the young guys with promise, the old guys with, uh, you hope can return like Waller. Um, uh, yeah. And, and Fant, we're hoping for a breakout, but this is usually that range. I'm kind of surprised to see Jalen Hyatt down here. Jalen Hyatt, it sounds like in a lot of places he's back in first round rookie pick. And it seems like he's going here. I don't have the the pick count going, but he he's got to be a second rounder in this thing. So yeah. he's going going there with Pacheco and Sutton. He he definitely I think he slot in somewhere around to like the two two to two six um that there's a lot of people who just they, they have their concerns with Jalen Hyatt because we've seen this profile come out before um fair we we've seen the downfield deep threat profile come out and I honestly have been under the assumption that the fantasy community has still been buying into this but apparently it's flipped this year finally I guess they've kind of realized this profile doesn't exactly hit at a high rate but I, Hyatt's an interesting one where I think Hyatt does a little bit more than what that profile is. I think he's a little bit better, and I think he's going to get the draft capital that a lot of these other guys haven't. You know, most of these guys are second and third rounders in that profile, but with the weak wide receiver class that we have here, I think he could easily be a you know back end first in the NFL draft. So I think I think some of the rookies down here, when you get to the Downs, the Hyatts, the Zay Flowers, I think these guys. It's still a bet on their draft capital, but if they get the draft capital, I think these guys are actually pretty severely undervalued comparatively to like what they're going around of yeah. like Sutton, Evans, Juju, Tony, Elijah Moore. I'd easily rather have a first round wide receiver over any of these guys. It's just can you stomach making the bet that they're going to be a first round wide receiver or an early second in the draft? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the volatility, right? You know, we talked about it earlier with the running back position with free agency and the rookies coming in and draft capital needing to be determined. But that's where you can find values. Like, you can get Jalen Hyatt down here. And if he does go in the first round, he's going to be a back-end first rookie pick. So you can flip him immediately. Like, you'll have that opportunity. So there are those things where you can find values. And Miles Sanders, like, he, he's going to if sign. Maybe he signs and gets himself in a situation where he is the starter. Maybe he doesn't. Kendra Miller, same thing. Does he get draft capital and end up in a good situation? Um, you know, Sean Tucker, Rashad White, will will Leonard Fournette go away? So you have these guys that ha have value, whether they're rookies or not, that the volatility is real, not only at the running back position, but at wide receiver. So I do think for him, it's just draft capital. If he gets the draft capital, that'll determine pretty much everything going forward for Hyatt's value. Yep, and I did just want to check uh, Koopa's ADP that we have pulled up here on the side as well. And it's actually not that much of a difference in value. Hyatt going here in our draft at the 11-4. And then in the ADP draft that Koopa's collected, he's got Jalen Hyatt going at the 10-12. Yep. So uh, it's you know pretty pretty similar there. Pretty so. close. Yep. I think we might just be undervaluing some of these rookies just because of the I mean, I can understand it. It'd be hard. It's hard for me to even take an A chain here. Like like we talked about earlier, there's just so much unknown and I can lose so much value off that pick just because of how the NFL draft shapes out. I'm just starting to look up and down some of these teams. I hadn't even looked at my team until you just said that. I have Charbonnet, Kendra, 
Miles Sanders, all uncertainty, right? Aaron luckily, Jones. I mean, luckily, Aaron Jones is restructuring his contract to go back to Green Bay. Um, but outside of that, yeah, you've got a lot of uncertainty in that running back room. Oh, wolf. There's yeah, I mean, this is... guys we like, but uh, yeah, who knows? There's there's guys the fantasy community likes every year that NFL draft is just like, nope, you're this year's Isaiah Spiller. And and this is why the, the dynasty strategy conversation has been around. Can you trade your second, third, and fourth startup picks? Get back into the, the top eight, get Fields, get T Law, Lamar, any anyone, and still be able to get a couple pieces back in this round nine through twelve range. Because there are good players there. There are players with a lot of immense upside. You could compete still, being able to have you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and then you're able to find your way to Kendra Miller and and Alvin Kamara. Um, you're still able to get, you know, Cortland Sutton. We'll see what he is. Mike Evans should produce, I guess, right now. When we did this, when we did this draft, we did not know that people news. were there wasn't like exciting trash news. Now there is. So that one changes just a little bit. But uh yeah, I mean, Pacheco could end up being the, the lead guy there and and taking a stranglehold on that. And if he does, I mean, his, I think his value goes up. So th- there's a lot of things where you can build a team to score points if you're able to get, you know, two guys in this range. And then the other concept was is then trading your your fifth round pick and adding a 24 first and trading back. So again, you're, you're getting value in this range, right? Like you are getting players that can put points on your roster um, or you can get yourself actual long-term value. So depends on how you want to play it, how you want to build your team. Uh, but it can work. Like you can win. You you can still win. You don't necessarily want to draft win now, but you can do it. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of goes back to what we said looking through this of the strategy past. If you do end up trading, you know, like two, three, four, getting back some later picks, and then going up to get another quarterback. That's the only thing you do. In, in in this scenario is you go back up yeah. to get another top six, top seven, <laughs> top eight quarterback. Yeah. Don't do anything else to do that. But you set up your super flex for the next how many ever years and you lock in two of those top end quarterbacks. So you have that. And then obviously if you do that, you're probably forfeiting at least two of three of your two, three and four. But if we start to look into, you know, where we were going through it and talking about the tier breaks, I was saying that my running back tier break is, you know, probably around Saquon. We're looking at the wide receiver tier break for me, probably around DJ Moore there in the fifth. And so if you get past those tier breaks in terms of just the positional guys, then truthfully, in my opinion, there's not much of a difference between rounds six through, you know, 10, six through 11. And yep. so if you can just send off your sixth round pick to go pick up a 24th and then a 10th round pick. Yeah, you definitely do that, because if you look at that trade post, you know, post startup. You're going to be looking there and saying, like, I mean, these guys are kind of almost in the same tier. And now I'm just holding a 24 first that's liquid (laughs) and I can throw that at anything or I can hold it and try to play it into next year where there's a definitely good top tier of the 2024 class as well. And so you you can really dominate a draft, I think, if you do go through that play uh, through that style of approach to it. And like you said, I mean, if you even go through and you just pick up a couple of guys here in the two guys in the ninth, two guys in the 10th, two guys in the 11th, you can still put together a team that's competing really, really easily. Yep. And then you're already going to have that 24 capital to do whatever you want with. Um, 
come the season and, and if you want to make the push in you can uh, but you'll have assets to to help put points on the board or or make trades in whichever direction you're looking to go um, as the season kicks off so you put yourself in a really good spot and and as you mentioned you know having your super flex be a top six quarterback feels really really good so <laughs> yeah there there's nothing better than looking at your lineup and seeing that you're rolling out Allen and Burrow I mean, there, there, there ain't nothing better than just locking those two in every week or any, any, any mix and match of those top seven, eight, nine guys for me. I mean, it, it just feels so much better whenever you have that. And you're not trying to scrape the waiver wire for guys like Jared Stidham every week, whenever they have their two weeks of glory. So it, yeah. it makes it a hell of a lot easier to play dynasty <laughs> when you have that position under lock. I mean, I'm just looking at that nine through 12. Obviously, I, I intentionally passed on quarterback, not expecting to get one. So it kind of worked out a little differently. So 10 through 12. I mean, yeah, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. And then you have Stafford, Geno, Brock Purdy. And I just, I guess Kyler and Daniel Jones doesn't feel awful. Um but it seems like you missed out on some some value in that range there as well. I mean, you could have had Deshaun Watson in the first with with CD Lamb. You could have had Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray if you wanted to go two QB and, and kind of make things a little more secure. But um, yeah, like just the rest of the build out, it, it, it's it's tough. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly pretty fine with having the Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones build. Yeah. But there there is a little bit of a directional directional flaw i think as you go down this draft board where you're putting derrick henry and dalvin cook onto the roster and then you're looking like okay well if kyler's not back and playing for the first half of the season or he's you know not producing at qb1 numbers is you know what we're probably going to see at least throughout all of 2023 this would be a team that i'd try to lean in maybe a little bit more to the rebuild build for 2024 this is one where actually i'd really be inclined to go with you know if i can actually get kyler murray here at the 111 then use my two three four to trade back up into another quarterback and then just start picking up those 24 first i can go full tank in 2024 control the destiny of my 2024 pick into a guy like a caleb williams drake may brock bowers marvin harrison and then have the team that i build behind that I think that's probably where I'd go more to leaning if I had this start than maybe, uh, you know, some of those older aging vet quarterback or vet running backs. But without having trades here, it's it's extremely right. hard to try to build a roster from this back three. It's, yeah, I was going to say the same thing about the the running backs. It's like or about the 11 slots like there's no trade. So you really, you know, hypothetically, but I, I can tell you right now, if I had that first six rounds and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to. I'm going to take the, the youth and I'm going to, and Derek Henry fell to me at the, the back of the seventh. I would, I would have the hardest time passing on that. Like it would yep. be so tough to do that. And then the same thing, you get back into the back of the ninth round. You're like Dalvin cook. Like I just got two marquee running backs locked up and it feels like they're donated to me, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would have loved to have gone a little bit differently just for the sake of the build. Right. In hell. I mean, it's a startup that we're doing in fucking February. So <laughs> yeah, if you, you want to, so we're playing around having fun. If you want to, no, I'm just saying, like, even just from a generic startup point, like, if you're actually doing this, you have so much time to convert this roster into whatever you want it to be. 
Yes. Like if you want to trade off of Kyler Murray, take a little bit of a hit and maybe down tier to a Dak Prescott, which I honestly don't think is that much of a down tier. You have another quarterback that's going to play in 2023 and now you can go and compete with this roster. Like it does not take much, even though it is the startup and you try to you want to try to have your direction kind of built out for you. You have so much time until we're going to be playing fantasy football in 2023 that you yes. can go in and shape this team however you want to with a decent amount of assets so you make one or two moves and now you're a compete team instead of a tank team for 2024 with no direction so honestly just take the value where it falls to at this point in the offseason yep absolutely Uh, anything else you want to touch on before uh, we close things out anything else stand out to you or that you want to bring up man these i'm just going to touch on it again uh, drafting rookie running backs here. I know you did it, and I love the two guys that you took, man. I, I do. You know, we we share the same love. You don't share as much love for Charbonnet as I do. True. We both love Kendra. But basing my running back room around that right now is I, – I would not be very comfortable. The, these would be guys that I'd be trying to convert into vets as soon as we're out of the startup because there's just so much vo- – like any of these guys – Charbonnet could go in the fourth and would I be, would I be shocked? No, but would I be, I would be surprised, but I would not be shocked if it happened because it's the NFL draft, man. Like some of these guys just don't get the capital that we perceive, especially yep. a guy like Kendra where he's not doing any testing at the combine. I don't think these he's guys pro day either. So he's, he's not going to test mean, at all. I mean, what, what are these NFL teams unless they have him in for private workouts before the draft? Uh, and if he's, you know, not up to snuff to do anything before then even, then you have just the medical concerns alone. So any of these guys, I mean, Evan's up here. I have my own concerns about Gibbs. Mayer might not be the first tight end off the board. It may be uh, Dalton Kincaid that we see six rounds later at the t- at the 12-1. So rookies at this time are just so volatile for me. I, I prefer to stay away. And, and it's funny because obviously right now is like the heightened – you know, time of year for 2023 picks, right? But when you put that name to it, it changes everything. everything. So, you know, there is volatility around these guys. When you have just the the 107, it's like, okay, well, if so-and-so doesn't get draft capital or it doesn't work out, like I have that pick. I still get my pick. Here you have Zach Charbonnet, who could be a back in to mid first or he could be in the second round, right? Like it varies greatly. And uh, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to see. And that's the same thing with Debbie. When you look at Debbie, it's when you have that name, it makes it a lot harder to figure out. Makes it a lot harder. So, I mean, like if, if this was my team, obviously I've got a, I've got a pretty, in my, in my opinion, I've got a pretty strong contending team right here where the only reason I really took Addison was because I thought he was falling a little bit too far compared to everybody else. And so I, I'd be trying to flip Addison either into 24 capital. If this was an actual startup today, I'd be trying to flip Addison into 24 capital, or I'd be trying to flip him into probably another vet uh, before the NFL draft happens, just because I don't know his landing spot. I don't know his draft capital. I'd rather put that into a flat NFL asset than I would an asset that I really think could probably only go down from here up until he steps on the field at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, and just looking at my team, I, I've had a crisis there in that 
in that eighth round when it started to come to Charbonnet, I'm like, man, J.K. Dobbins got taken right ahead of me. And I was like, all right, do I really want to take Pollard, Pierce? Like, all right, I'll take Charbonnet. So it just kind of trickled down. Lots of uh, question marks at that running back position. But I did like the, the top part of my draft for the most part. Again, Debo Samuel, I'm not a huge Debo guy, but he's my wide receiver three. Uh, Deontay Johnson's my wide receiver four. having Jefferson and Adams at the top make me feel good. Again, I have uncertainty with Lance, but Russ should be my QB two. Watson. I feel like I'm, I'm more of a middle of the pack team with, with, uh, with hope on my roster. So probably would have to, to make some trades to, to make this one feel good. Yeah. I and I, I, I'd, I'd like to just, you know, clarify it. Like, I don't think the taking, like, I don't think your selection of Charbonnet is like wrong here. Right. Because they still currently hold the value. They're just not pieces that I necessarily want to roll into the season with if I'm doing my startup today. Yep. Because like I've seen, I, I think I just saw the conversation today, actually, whether, whether you want like the 110, which is where we're kind of projecting Charbonnet right now, or do you want J.K. Dobbins? And it was it was a pretty split decision. And so, like, if if he still holds that value amongst the community, then still take that value. That's perfectly fine. I'd just rather move it into a more solidified asset by the time we actually get to the NFL draft, I think, is my only thing. Yeah, I, I love that. Love it. Uh, any other things you want to touch on before we roll? I don't think I got anything here. The only ones that I, you know, I'm kind of looking at here, looking at the bottom quarterbacks of Hennon Hooker, that's way higher just because of the positional scarcity Hennon hookers a little <laughs> bit higher than I think he would be in just like a normal, you know, rookie mock. So yeah. I think it might be a little bit of a reach here on hooker and then Sam Howell. Oh God. I, him and Kyle Trask are going to be two of the most interesting pieces for me throughout this offseason. If this narrative still continues to go that they're actually going to roll out Kyle Trask and Sam Howell into 2023. Man. I can't see a world where it happens, but NFL teams don't necessarily always try to put the best product on the field. And so, you know, you've got new ownership, especially for Sam Howell. You've got new ownership coming into Washington probably here within the next year. They can clean house next year, put a put some garbage out on the field this year and see if Sam Howell is actually it. I did actually like Sam Howell, you know, a little bit in pre-draft process. I just don't think he's going to be a starting NFL quarterback ever. So yeah. we'll see, but the the Kyle Trask and Sam Howell narratives that have come out the last week or so, those are going to be very interesting to watch throughout the throughout just the NFL season as well, and especially for fantasy. I mean, we have a lot of quarterback movement coming up with a lot know, Aaron Rodgers, whether whatever he's doing, staying or going, getting traded. That's all to be determined. Derek Carr is a free agent and kind of looking at getting a job kind of, I don't know. <laughs> seems like he's being very patient. Lamar might get traded or should get traded. And I feel like that's where we're going to start seeing all these other situations kind of pan themselves out. Um, maybe Jimmy G is going to be an op, you know, a guy that's kind of waiting till the end. Same thing with Jameis Winston. Um, so they, those guys are all rentals kind of thing where they could come in and take over for a Sam Howell if they did decide to, for whatever reason, feel like they could compete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, you know, Washington football team commanders esque type thing to do. So, um, yeah, lots of fun this free agency with quarterbacks, running backs, everything except for wide receiver, basically, is what it feels like. So, um, not a whole lot out there right now. So, uh, anything else before we roll? 
Nope, I think you covered it there at the end. Um, make sure to drop your comments down below if you think that any values are too low, too high, any you know, potential trades that you think you could do to try to get up into that first round, that coveted first eight quarterback picks. If you have done any of those, I would love to see those because we're about to be kicking off these actual you know, startup mocks that we're going to be trying to make those deals in every single one of that we get into. If we are doing snake, this is probably why we prefer to do auctions a little bit more, yes. but auctions aren't always as you know readily accessible throughout the fantasy football community yet. So we're probably stuck with a good amount of these snake drafts as we see going forward. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to keep rolling these out. We'll probably have another one of these startup mocks post combine, I guess here within the next couple of weeks. So let us know if you want to be a part of that one. And if you got anything else to plug, uh, do it as we wrap on out of here, man. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you mentioned auctions. If you are interested in auction mocks or if you are an auction truther, we are as well. We, we do feel like auction is the fairest way because you don't get stuck there at the end hoping for a quarterback to fall to you. Um, if you want to see some of that kind of content um, or you want us to talk more about that, let us know. We also have some auction stuff that we would love to chat with you about. So please comment down below, uh, like, subscribe, and thank you again for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.